love starting every show with a good applause because we deserve that. Um, hello and welcome to Outside the Huddle with OT. I am your host, Dr. OT Porter, the NGFFL's Director of Communication, and I am communicating directly with our NGFFL family as we continue to work to compete, connect, and unite. Remember that each episode of Outside the Huddle will feature the NGFFL's best and brightest, so it'll have the city leaders, league members, Hall of Famers, all the diverse individuals that the NGFFL has to offer. But tonight is super exciting for me because I have been waiting for the day that I could get one of our female representatives, and not only did I get a female representative, I got the female representative. Um, tonight I have Miss Jody Turner of Denver. Talk about legacy. Talk about dynasty. So um, this is going to be fantastic, having an opportunity to sit down with Jody and get some of these things into the atmosphere for the NGFFL. So without further ado, I present for your listening pleasure Miss Jody Turner. Hello, jo- Jody. Welcome to the show. Hey there. How are you? Good, good, good. Glad to have you. Thank you for being here. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. I uh, I feel very uh, honored to be the first female on the um, podcast featured, but uh, yeah. I, I look forward yeah. to the, an hour we're going to spend together. It's going to be great. Yes. Um, yeah, you, you are the first of many females to be featured on the show, um, but, you know, if you're going to start, you got to start at the top, so... I'm excited. Well, I appreciate that. I I appreciate it. (laughs) No problem. So uh, just for the listeners um, who may not be familiar with you, which I don't know how that's even possible at this point, but tell everyone a little bit about your NGFFL background. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, So as you introduced me as uh, Jody Turner, most people around the league know me as Turner, um, definitely in the Denver League. So um, but I started uh, with the DGFFL playing in the fall, I believe, of 2013. Um, and I just played as a normal player. And I got involved with the on the national side because Denver um, Gable was being held. And actually, I stand corrected. That must be 2012, not 2013. Um, Denver Gable mm-hmm. was featuring the first women's division in 2012. And um, I did not try out for our teams. I just joined the loose women's team at the end, like the week before the Gable. Um, Like, what is this Gable? Like, yeah, sounds great. It's in Denver. I don't have to travel. (laughs) So I joined. I I guess that was my first experience with the NGFFL. um, And it was amazing. From there, I actually, um, I started captaining in the DGFFL because I was like, oh, this will be good. I'll give it back to my community. They're a part of this bigger community of the NGFFL, and um, I Mm -hmm. tried out for the Mile High Club for Phoenix Gable, and the Phoenix Gable was just took it to a whole nother level of um, excitement and still is hands down my favorite tournament and favorite memory of uh, any Gable that I have played in. Um, But so, yeah, I pretty much got started in Denver, I guess, um, on the loose women's team and have taken that all the way now and being captain of uh, MHC since 2013, um, so a, a long time. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's yeah. where I got my start. So, 
we have something in common. Phoenix 2013 is also my favorite gay bowl because that is where I proposed to my now husband, and he also simultaneously proposed to me. So look at that. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> yes. Well, congrats again. <laughs> many, many years <laughs> later. <Thank> so. <laughs> right. Yes. So now you, you told us a lot about your, your history, and, you know, you spoke on being a leader, and, of course, you are a leader. What or who inspired you to become a leader in the NGSSL? You know, I think that I I – I would have to say my peers and my, the leaders at the mm-hmm. time um, of the NGFFL, um, Katina Banks, right, was leading the mm-hmm. women's charge. Um, but then our local leaders, Jonathan Marquez, was, you know, the commissioner of the DGFFL. And looking at how the family and the uniqueness that Denver had, um, it really made, it, made me want to be a part of this bigger organization of, that was, you know, the NGFFL at the time that I really did not know much about, obviously. Um, so mm-hmm. it, it was just people that I played with on Sundays, you know, locally, side by side, that um, kind of pushed me to get into captaining, you know, the local league, the DGFFL, and then, again, streaming into MHC and then, taking MHC and wanting to like drive it more to continue this momentum that Denver started to have in a women's division um, because it was something so new, you know, for the NGFFL. And so I have to contribute it to a lot of, you know, like I said, Katina Banks, um, Jonathan Marquez, those, those leaders that were really like leading the charge for Denver um, on the local side, but also on the national side as well. Yes. So um, as a leader, what do you believe makes a great leader? That's a, that's always a loaded question. Um, and <laughs> I, think that, I think that it's a lot of things. And, and uh, you don't have to have everything, but I, I would definitely say that a person that is humble, um, energetic, uh, energetic um, has the ability to listen. But, but most importantly, mm-hmm. um, you have to be able to lead by example. And you have to know that, you know, from the all-time great Remember the Titans, that attitude reflects leadership. It, it really does. Um, attitude comes right. from the top, and, and all your best leaders mm-hmm. are going to have that type of attitude that makes that mutual trust and respect there between players and peers and, um, you know, everyone, refs and everyone on the field, off the field, the community. So I, I really mm-hmm. I think of how far I've grown as a leader, um, even – from my my Gable experience in Phoenix when I was like a complete hothead and when I became captain, I was like, oh, that can't happen anymore, right? Um, because right. you'll just, your attitude is just, it's feeding off of everyone else. So I definitely think mm-hmm. you have to lead by example. And one of the hardest things as a leader and, and what makes a great leader in, in my job and anyone in a leadership position will tell you is it is very hard to always kind of like take a step back and assess the entire picture and do what's best for the organization, right. even though that might not be what is best for you or what you desire. Um, so having that ability to say, no, I'm going to take a step back, I'm going to listen and assess, and then we're going to do what's best for this organization to move it forward is also what makes, I guess, a great leader all around for either a team, organization, community, whatever you know, realm it may be. Right. Good. Um, 
No, I, I, I hear you on that. Uh, as a leader, I sometimes struggle with the example that I'm setting, and I'm always very cognizant of it. So I, I get that so completely. Absolutely. So you, you know, you become now, a leader. Sorry, mm-hmm. you, you become a leader, and yeah. I tell no, people all the time that have had interest in, in captaining, right, that you become a leader, but you don't realize now all eyes are on you, right? And people are looking on yeah. how you respond and how you react. So it's always good to, to yeah. check yourself constantly, and I have to do it all the time. Yep. Ah, speaking of things you have to do all the time, um, as a female in this male-dominant league, right, you have to advocate. So one of the things that I think is important for listeners to know, especially from your perspective, is what makes female inclusion so unique and necessary in flag football and in the NGFFL? Well, I think first it expands and diversifies our community. Um, It it breaks Mm -hmm. down those barriers between the gay and lesbian communities. Um, In Denver, you know, we have something very unique when I travel to other cities and talk to other women's teams um, that the Denver community really is all together, right? It's not, we play co-ed, we, we hang out together um, so it breaks down those barriers. It, it makes it, you the, feel like they're a part of the organization, part of the family, right? Right. Um, and so whenever you're in need of support or, you know, whatever it may be, right, you know that you have this bigger organization, this bigger family that embraces you and, and takes you in um, and includes you in flag football mm-hmm. or whatever else may be going on in your life. So it's extremely important. Mm-hmm. Okay. Speaking of Denver specifically, because Denver, as you stated, is one of the most successful, what have been some of the key factors that led to the successful inclusion of women in the DGLFFL? I got that right, right? Right, you did. It's a a tongue twister sometimes. Um, I would say that our our league, um, you know, being a co-ed league has – 100% 100% broken that barrier down from that standpoint where that we play with our men, right? Every Sunday, we, we change teams, you know, um, every season. And so what happens is you form relationships with each other, whether you're male or female or male or whatever, however you identify, it doesn't matter. You're included in this league and you're just another part of the family. And so when you go to bars or you go and hang out um, again, you are one family. Um, when we travel together, it makes you in summit, right? We come together as one city, as one team, and we're standing there doing chains for each other, standing there like cheering on each other. Um, that's my favorite memory from Phoenix because it was so loud on the sidelines because summit and, and all of Denver was there cheering us on in the championship game. It just makes it unique and it makes, it makes everyone feel included. Like I said, no matter how you identify, you know that you are a part of the DGLFL, and there is a place for you. Okay. Um, maybe a slightly harder question. What are some of the advances that you've seen in NGFL that you believe have truly helped female inclusion? Uh, that is a harder question. <laughs> and I appreciate you obviously <laughs> challenging the, the boundaries with questions. Um, I would say that – the NGFFL's commitment to continuing to have the female division, um, even mm-hmm. when 
I think about Denver having a huge presence when it started right, but then we went to Phoenix when Phoenix did not even have a women's team. Um, but the NGFFL right. committed to keeping it around, and, and then Philly keeping it around. That continuing to have the female division and saying it's going to be around is, is one example. Seeing the board members embrace that women's position, and it's not just the kind of like a side position and saying, yeah, you're the liaison, so just go take care of the women. You know, now we hear in NGFFL town hall meetings or, um, you know, we hear about the overall mission and the bigger picture and how we're going to include women and how, you know, the NGFFL is changing that. So I definitely feel like, you know, I think that even some time was taken in D.C. to do a town hall with the women there to find out, hey, what is your perspective? Mm -hmm. Good, bad, ugly? We want to hear it, right? We want you here. And that is a huge, huge step from six years ago where the NGFFL was. I would also say having women being inducted into the Hall of Fame shows that. Um, Even as silly as having those banners, right, that um, I think Shigeo added at Denver Gable this past year, you know, having women on those. When we walk in, it's not just men featured on the pictures, right? So all of those Mm -hmm. things, it makes me smile inside because I see how far the NGFFL has come over the last six, seven years. Good. Um, Speaking of how far we've come, I'm sure there's still things that we have to do. So what would you say are maybe the biggest threats or or barriers to female inclusion? And um, if you're working to address them, let me know how. Um, I would say the lack of new teams joining the league. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm not really sure if that's because the lack of inclusion of women in city leagues. Um, not necessarily mm-hmm. from the standpoint that they don't play together because I know New York, they play at the same time. You know, Becky Lee and I were just there and we right. went to their league games and they're playing at the same time, but they play separately. Um, sharing right. that uh, Denver spirit to, to help um, bring that experience to other cities, to break down those walls, to encourage other cities to possibly move to co-ed leagues would make women feel, you know, truly, truly embraced and like, included right because it's not this segregation it's not this well female over here men over over here um it it truly is everyone together so i think that we as in denver right and other cities that have that and the ngffl board have to continue to push these other cities out of their comfort zone and encourage them to embrace Mm -hmm. the women to encourage them to play at the same time encourage them to have you know just last night we were on the call and there were several women on the call, but there were several cities that didn't have women on the call. Maybe that's because they're already busy, right. but continuing to say, hey, we're going to do the roll call, but we want to know if the woman's representative is on the call as well. That is all that, mm-hmm. that inclusiveness that, you know, will just flow into making this expand and just become a, it won't even be a talk, hopefully, in a couple of years of like how we include the women, right? It's just, this right. is us, right? This is the league. Here we are. This just happened. Um, so, right. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, okay. So if you could point to uh, the thing that you believe is the most important in shifting the NGFFL culture so that women feel included, what would you say that is? Well, that's another hard question um, because there's a lot. And I think <laughs> we, spoke, <laughs> we spoke about a couple of those things. I think that <laughs> – continuing to make them a part of the big picture. I was very um, happy with the call last night and to hear how much 
you guys are doing to include the women and to make the women feel welcome. I think also, Good. I'm just going to throw this out there, Ote. Ote, I don't know how Go it's going it. to be, you know, <laughs> heard, but I think that also changing NGFFL to NGLFFL would be great. Um, that this is not hey. just the national gay, le- you know, it's the national gay and lesbian flag football league. Um, That's similar to how, you know, idea. yeah, similar to how Denver is, you know, we're the Denver gay and lesbian flag football league. And I think that would be mm-hmm. a, a huge statement from the national standpoint yep. of, you know, this is all of us. Right. Yeah, that that's fantastic. Um, I'm sure that some some of the uh, elders are probably shaking as they listen. <laughs> to that's why I was a little hesitant to say it. Because I'm like, mind. right. No, but <laughs> I, those, those yeah. are the things that people need to hear, which is, you know, one of the reasons why this interview was so important to me, because this gives me an opportunity to sit down one-on-one with a woman besides uh, Leslie, who's on our board and who's fantastic, you know, besides Molly, who's a great friend of mine, and it gives you an opportunity to reach a really broad audience, and and these are things that need to be brought to the forefront because, as you said, even though there are women's voices, they're still very muffled, and this Mm -hmm. is me, you know, taking part in trying to change that. So I think that's a fantastic idea. Yeah, and I appreciate that, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything more that us men can do, right, to make the league more attractive to women, uh, especially in those cities that don't have a huge female presence? I, I think that I would just go back to continuing to embrace it, right? And and I think that the maybe the next biggest place um, is when you see those, and I don't really want to say old-timers and as an age, right, but maybe it's just, Mm-hmm. old timers in like set in their view on how it should be. Um, and I would say right. encouraging the men that are comfortable, the men that like to see the women here, the men that come to the games, the championship games to cheer the, the women on sticking around and, and you guys pushing those other men to get out of their comfort zone and maybe see it differently. And, and because at the end of the day, you guys can reach them, right? If they are already set in the mm-hmm. ways that they do not want the women around, then me, it doesn't matter, Becky Lee, Leslie, Azure, it doesn't matter who says anything to them, right? It's you guys that is that they're going to hear the loudest. And so I think that in those right. areas, when you guys hear those guys speaking like this, right, it's like to stand up for us, almost like we're your little sisters, right? Like that you know, you're mm-hmm. standing up for in school that you're saying, no, like, listen, they deserve a place here, right? And and maybe it's this yeah. and that or whatever, or I support them or I back them being here, I think is a huge place that could go a long way. And for some of these places um, that have these guys that are, you know, just stuck in that old way. And, I, and it's, it's not that I'm faulting them or saying that they're bad. It's just, you know, that's just their right. view. Um, but I think that it's you yeah. guys that can change that for sure. Okay, so um, I'll back down off the hard questions. No, I'll ask you. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just gonna say it was. It, it hard questions are great, right? It's pushing the boundaries, so it's it's great. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's what I'm here to do with this, right? So, um, mm-hmm. what do you say to women who are considering putting together um, a team to com- to compete in future NGFFL tournaments? Do it. Um, do it, do it, do it. Uh, we love to see new teams. Uh, as much as I love playing against 
every all the teams, women teams that we already have, D.C., South Florida, New York, San Diego, everyone that we already have, Austin now just joining. It's great to see new cities because that makes us um, know that cities are, uh, you know, evolving and, and leagues are embracing mm-hmm. women. I would also say reach out to other women leaders. You can reach out to myself. Leslie, I know tons of us are here to help and get ideas and lessons learned. Like you don't need to necessarily reinvent, reinvent the wheel, right? Like we've been around for a while. We know, you know, what works with fundraising, what doesn't work. I'm more than happy with sharing Mm -hmm. out everything, our bylaws, what we do in Denver to help. Um, I would say that most women leaders in the cities are, are, are here to help you. So it, it, reach out, right? Reach out to you. Reach out to anyone on the NDFFL if you don't feel like re- reaching out to us directly to make that link. But do it and, and start, you know, start developing those relationships. I mean, Becky Lee and I just traveled to New York to, to help them with some drills and like, hey, how can we get better and how can we learn from Denver? And I would love to see mm-hmm. that happen all over. So I would definitely say if you're considering putting a team together, do it. Don't be afraid, right? Get out there. Do it. You have the women in your city. You just got to find them um, and, and reach out to yes. us. We're here. Okay. Any advice for the next generation of female leaders in the NGFFL? Um, I would say that to get involved in every level, right, of your local league, try captaining, try refing, possibly try get, getting on the board, helping out on tournaments if your local tournament. Um, build those relationships. When you go to Gable or you go to Sunshine Cup or Pride Bowl or wherever you're going, build the relationships with the other women's teams. Build the relationships with the men. I know that the women's teams, we're always competitive, right, and we get that. And, you know, you everyone, <laughs> it's like a whole nother level, right? I mean, the men are like, it man, is. you guys are out to kill each other, right? And it's like, yes. it's just competitive. <laughs> and we cannot, we cannot it tone is. it down. But when the game's over, right, like we are a community. We're, I look at the NGFL yes. as one big family with a lot of cousins, right? Um, and so we yes. develop those relationships because we are here to help each other to push those boundaries, right, to push them whether locally or NGFFL, and we're here to build community. So that way when you're traveling all over the U.S., you know people somewhere, right? Um, you can visit them. You True. can hang out with them. And then when you go to tournaments, it's like a reunion. It's it's amazing. Yep. Every year. Every year is a reunion. Every year. Um, yeah. So, uh, I'll ask one last big question. If this podcast somehow reaches a young lady struggling to find or create her space in male-dominated sports, what do you want her to know, feel, or believe? Hmm. I would say, hopefully, this does reach a young lady struggling, right? And so she knows that maybe uh-huh. that there is a place in the NGFFL and maybe future NGLFFL for her. Yeah. Um, but I would say, <laughs> first, to not take no for an answer, right? Continue to push those boundaries. Step out of your comfort zone. Um, if you can contribute in some way, there is a spot for you, um, even if that. Even if you're being told no, you know, look, look at how many female coaches get hired by college, professional teams now, men's basketball team. I mean, the, the NFL has female refs, female coaches. 
Um, so those women were not told yes the first time, right? They were probably told no one, two, three, ten, twenty, a hundred times, but they continue to push. Mm-hmm. They continue to follow their dreams. Um, and so you, you have to just get yourself out there. You have to continue to drive what is important to you and your goals and your dreams and not let someone squash them by just saying no, like don't get discouraged because it's going to happen. Someone is going to tell you no. Right. But, and maybe you come back to the drawing board and you push it a different way, but you know, you, you have what it takes inside of you. You just have to keep pushing. Good advice. Great advice. Actually. Uh, Jody is there, or excuse me, Turner, is there anything that you need the listeners to hear that we haven't covered? I think that we did a pretty good job at it. <laughs> you have okay. some great challenging questions. <laughs> um, and I think that we, you know, we discussed the women's side of it on the NGFFL and, you know, I, I would love to see more, men's teams cheering on their women's teams during these tournaments because mm-hmm. I think that it's just amazing to to look on the sideline and see our summit boys doing chains for us and cheering us on and you know that goes such a long way um I yeah. also want to thank you again OT for you know starting to feature women on this podcast I think that it's going to be amazing to hear um, from other women in the NGFFL, I'm excited to, to see who yes. is featured next um, on that board. And I, I want to also thank the NGFFL to, for continuing to push to make the commitment to women and keeping us around because I think that, you know, we have a lot to offer and we have a lot to give. And in yes. today's Tons. society and world, right? Like we need each other. And that is not based mm-hmm. on how you identify, right? It is based on the person standing to the left and the right of you. And knowing that we're here in Denver for you. I'm here if you need anything. Um, but I just, I would love to see more of that across the NGFFL. And I'm excited by this podcast. I'm excited by the energy last night on the call um, I'm excited with New York having Gable this year, but I think that you know we still can make we can still make some strides here, and um, I think that starting with the small steps is just it goes such a long way. Yes, well, thank you so much, Jody. Um, excuse me, Turner. Thank you so much, Turner, for joining us. It was such a pleasure. Um, so to all the other listeners. Thank you all for joining us on Outside the Huddle. Uh, Each episode is going to be made available through our monthly newsletter, The Two-Minute Drill. It will also be stored on our YouTube channel, so you can find it in either of those places. I do definitely hope that you all enjoyed this conversation as much as I did, and I'm sure you were able to glean many, many things because I know I feel like I, I have so much more to offer to the NFL board going forward based solely on this conversation. Um, so if you enjoyed the episode, please make sure you talk about it on social media, hashtag NGFFL, comment on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, anywhere. So until the next time we meet, be kind to yourself and be kind to all the others you come across as you compete, connect, and unite in the NGFFL. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks.